we going? Yes, we're going. You oh, can yeah. see it. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah, room. you see it, too. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, happy, uh, happy, happy podcast. Monday. Happy Monday for you all. Um, what, so, what's up? Oh, I'm Carly. <laughs> hi, hi, Carly. I'm Harry. Thanks. Uh, so, what do you <laughs> want to talk about this week? <laughs> oh, um, I don't know. Um... I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we should talk about anything this week. We should probably uh, talk about nothing. No, I guess we should talk about stuff. What is there to talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think it's a funny bit that we uh, are constantly like begging people to like uh, e- e- interact with us and send us emails and stuff, like send us fan mail or hate mail or whatever, and then we just never check our email at all i well i i sometimes do do, but we don't get emails that are important yeah i know i just think it's a good yeah i just think it's a a good bit that we are like even even if someone did email us we wouldn't see it well i would (laughs) first and then i'd be like harry answer and then he'd be like okay and then like two weeks later i'd be like did you answer and he goes oh shoot no all right i guess you check the email more often than i do yeah i do we both know that we all know that yeah, I guess, I guess. I check all the stuff more often than you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, there's no episode next week. Sorry, folks. Yep. We're going backpacking. So we'll be off the grid for like a few days. Yeah. And I'm not coming back to record. I'm sorry. I'm not coming back, period. <laughs> okay. No episode next week. Um, Just letting y'all know that. What if we now. see? What if we see Bigfoot while we're backpacking? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be really cool. Then I would do if we see Bigfoot. I'll do an episode when we get back. If there's an episode next week, it is because we we saw saw Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, I like that idea. (laughs) Um. Um. What else? What else? What else? I don't Um, know. I don't think we have any other business stuff. Uh. Yeah. You don't. You don't. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing to talk about here. Um. What's in the news this week? It's been hot out. It, the news is it's hot out. <laughs> it's it's muggy out there. Humid as a heck. I'll get out. Mm-hmm. Humid as a heck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. News. I don't even know what's happening in the world. I don't either. I mean, I do, but I don't, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's nothing good happening in the world. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Oh, well, the the top stories from Google. If you just Google search news, um, U.S. recovers millions in cryptocurrency paid to Colonial Pipeline. Dot dot dot. Who cares? Uh, surveillance images tips tips led to arrest in Aiden Leo's killing. Who is that? Or uh, three dead, three injured in murder suicide near South Florida military airbase. I that, have. That's uh, all the news thermal nail polish on oh you do yeah it's color changing you can kind of see at the tips it's green and then the rest is like blue if you look kind of far away yeah yeah i can see the tips are greener yeah well when the air is on in here right they get like dark green because my hands are cold (laughs) and then as soon as i go out to the living room in the humid air it turns like light blue (laughs) 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 yeah i spend too much money on nail polish that's okay. okay. 
That is okay. Um, was it Pride Month last time we spoke with these people? I don't think so. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. I thought about it because I bought some nail polish. Ah. For Pride. <laughs> I bought proud. some nail polish. Some rainbow uh, nail polish from Cirque Colors. Okay. If anyone's interested. And all 100% of the, uh, I don't know, they say 100% of the proceeds. I don't know. If they have like a couple collections that you can buy, they have a couple, yeah. And I bought like I think it's called House of Rainbow collection. It's like five mini bottles of nail polish that are beautiful. But all of yeah. Anyway, they do good do good polishes like mm-hmm. every month or so. And this month, it's if you buy that set of polishes, one hundred percent of the net proceeds go to the um. Oh, what is it? The trans. Law, no, the trans law, Tra- transgender law center, transgender law center. Yes, I was trying to think if that was the full name of it or not. Transgender law center. So, yes, so go buy some nail polish if you want to <laughs> buy some nail polish. <laughs> so, I immediately, I was, I try to buy all their, I try to buy most of their do good polishes now that sure. I know they do it, but yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to spend money on nail polish anyway. Mm-hmm. So I figure, well, I'll buy some in the, yeah. Yeah, right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. Um, Anything else you want to talk about or do you want to just get into it? We can just, uh, we can just, we can move, we can move, uh, keep moving ahead. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. So you're first this week. Yeah, I am. Happy episode Eighty. Ocho Zero. Ocho Zero. That's not how it, that's not <laughs> No. It Ochenta. Ochenta. But like, like Chad like, Ocho Cinco. Okay, I don't know what you're or talking the, about, so let's just continue. Football player nope. from back when I was a kid. <laughs> nope, I don't know that guy. <laughs> nope. No, no. Changed his name to Chad Ocho Cinco because his number was 85. No, no. I don't like that. No, <laughs> just keep going. For the Cleveland Browns, I Stop think it, it was. Or maybe just it was the Bengals. Go I don't remember who just he played do for. your story. All right. It's short. There's yeah, not we all know here. that. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, the story is short. Oh, that's not what I wasn't trying to make. <laughs> that's what I meant. <laughs> We all know your story is going to be short, but you just called yourself out. How embarrassing. How embarrassing for you. (laughs) All right, just tell your story. All right. Near New Orleans, New Luton. Near New Orleans, (laughs) New Orleans, Louisiana. I should be doing this in a Cajun no, okay. no, you shouldn't. Just a short drive across Lake Ponchaw Train is the Honey Island Swamp. <laughs> Are you sure you're not on drugs right now? We were like, what if we took blank drug? <laughs> what? <laughs> how you say it. <laughs> what, if, what if we got really high and then decided to record? And we were like, probably not for the best. <laughs> but he's acting like he's already high on something. Are no. you are you on drugs? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Just checking in. I don't know, man. A Honey Island Swamp. 
Are you paying attention? I am. I'm paying attention. It sprawls over some 70,000 acres, just over half of which are sanctioned as permanently protected wildlife area. Uh-huh. Uh, it's considered by many to be one of the most pristine swampland habitats in the U.S. Are, are what are you... we talking about today? A, well, a swamp? Well, that's where we are. That's where we're starting. All right. Yeah, yeah you don't tell us what you're talking about. Yeah. I do, and then I go into it. Yeah, I know. Right. I won't do it Fine. this time. I'll tell you what I'm talking no, no, about. No, no, no. Just keep going. It's, um, some native fauna that inhabit the Honey Island Swamp include the American alligator, alligator snapping turtle, red-eared slider, western cottonmouth, speckled king snake, yeah. koipu, I don't know what that is, red fox, yeah. Louisiana black bear, bobcat, yes. opossum, raccoon, muskrat, American mink, brown pelican, barred owl, bald eagle, red-tailed hawk, egretta, Great blue heron. Is this your alligator whole story gar, today? Largemouth bass and the paddlefish. You just, half your story is reading <laughs> off species in this area. Yeah, it's great. It's about, okay, it's about, cool. It's about, You're talking about a sea creature, aren't you? A swamp monster. That's what I'm gathering. Mm-hmm. But there may be even more biodiversity there than we know. There may be something else lurking in the tangled greenery. Something big creature? and hairy. And maybe a little familiar. Are we sitting asked, on the creature couch? Oh, yeah. When asked about the possibility of such a creature existing there, Dr. Paul Wagner, an ecologist who runs a nature tour company in the swamp, has Uh-oh. said, I have an open mind about it. I don't say it does or doesn't exist, but there is certainly a remote and impenetrable area in this swamp. So if a creature exists, that is the place for it. Paul, hmm. says Paul. Says Dr. Paul. Wait, is he doctor? So, yeah, it yeah. says doctor on his website. Cool. Oh, <laughs> on his, okay. Or on his tour company website. Okay. I trust him. Wikipedia said he's an ecologist. Sounds good. It is mysterious and remote. Among the cypress trees, many outlaws and pirates have used the swamp as a hideout over the years. Pirates? Uh, yeah. One of them, uh, Pierre Rameau and his band, the Screech Owls. Uh, preyed on travelers passing by the swamp, mm-hmm. raiding vessels, and then disappearing into the uh, the murky woods. Mm. In the 1850s, it was used by James Copeland of the Wages and Copeland Gang, whose occupation on Wikipedia um, for James Copeland is listed as the following. Uh, occupation. Outlaw. Hog thief. Horse thief. Slave stealer. Smuggler. Pirate. Counterfeiter. Burglar. Looter. Arsonist. Murderer. Criminal gang leader. He leads. Okay, he leads a full life. A full. <laughs> that's a very full job description. I know. He has a lot on his plate. I must yeah, say. right. <laughs> okay. My occupation is looter <laughs> or <right>. arsonist. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no, my occupation's not that. His occupation is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in 1892. After he robbed a locomotive outside of New Orleans of $20,000, Pinkertons tracked the train robber Eugene Bunch to the swamp where they killed him. Some of these criminals also hid their ill... You said criminals. Yeah, that's what they... No. That's what they call them there. No, they don't. (laughs) They don't call them criminals. Criminals. Maybe I call them criminals. (laughs) Now you said criminals. (laughs) Criminals. 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 
Why am I saying? Why am I not doing it? <laughs> Shut up! Just Clibitals. keep going. Keep going. Um. Uh, in 1907, two fishermen dug up a thousand dollars in Mexican gold coins dating back to 1827. Where? Probably buried pirate treasure. There's probably yeah, more out there. Probably it's waiting to be found. Take a take a little shovel into the swamp. Why don't you mm-hmm. see what you can find? Eerie green flickering lights and ghostly apparitions oh. are said to be seen in the swamp as well. Ghostly. But the mystery that piques the most interest <laughs> is the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Honey Island Swamp Monster. I pictured Pooh Bear. <laughs> what if you just saw Pooh Bear come yeah. out of the woods? That'd be really kind of scary, honestly. That would be. That'd be a very a bizarre thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. How are you? What are you? Do you think Pooh Bear is. How is he smooth? How furry is so? If you like saw Winnie the Pooh in real life, what would his texture be like? Yeah, I already know, but I don't know how to describe it. It'd be a lot like it'd be like like peach fuzz. No, it'd like be like um curly, like a hard, not hard, but like you know, if you get like a really, really, really itchy wool sweater. Okay. But, like, it's be really like, rough. Like, it's going to be a really <laughs> I mean, rough one. Really? Okay. Yeah, so it doesn't feel very like a good. Really, a, like, the texture really of a really rough, rough wool sweater. Itchy wool sweater, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, a t-shirt. Yep. A red t-shirt. Interesting. That's how I picture it immediately. I can feel it in my fingertips. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I can see that kind of, like... But I'm very short, kind of like, like very, very short, short like hair. bristly hair, like yeah, or like short. I think we're on the same page here. Yeah, I don't know, or I guess like like a short like beard. I guess I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. All right, okay. I'm not that short. We're no, way off. Super... We're way off here. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> In 1963, a retired air traffic controller, Harlan Ford, Harlan Ford, and his friend Billy Mills. <laughs> ventured into the swamp for a hunting trip. Fun. But they came back with a uh, with a story unexpected. What? With what? a story unexpected. Yeah, that's what I wrote. With a story uh, unlike any other. Through the trees, they uh, well, they're hunting, I guess, from yeah. their boat. They, they, they shoot poo bear. They saw something crouched on all fours over a dead boar. No. Piglet. <laughs> No. no. It's Pooh Bear over Piglet. This is so sad, Harry. Why are you telling me this? God damn it. When it heard their voices, though, it stood and they could see its full size. It was bipedal and humanoid, seven feet tall, and they estimated 400 pounds. Pooh Bear's big. It was covered in dingy gray hair. No. Yeah. He's with... just stained. <laughs> <laughs> with longer hair coming from its head. Um, but what stood out most was its uh, uh, amber-colored glowing eyes. Uh, was it amber-colored? Uh, Red, like orange? Yellowy. Oh, yellowish. Okay. Yellow. And a foul yellow. stench. And foul stench it left, yeah. It smelled bad. Are you sure it wasn't the dead boar that you're right by? Yeah, that probably that didn't smell. That foul sm- scent? Just saying. Probably. I mean, I'm sure the swamp itself doesn't smell good. 
This is, is going to be a bad smell. Yeah. Of anywhere you go. In it's there. true. I was picture. Yeah, really smelly swamp. Um, said, said Harlan, it was nothing like I'd ever seen before. Ugly and sinister and looking like something out of a horror movie. Did you see Shrek with hair? <laughs> that could be it too. Shrek could be, with the head of hair. Could be <laughs> Harry Shrek. Yeah. All right. So okay. it, that's a possibility. It's yeah. It's an ogre. Uh, in 1974, uh, Mil- Ford and Mills returned to the swamp and made casts of what they said were tracks left by the beast. Uh, they were three-toed wow. and webbed and 10 to 12 inches long. Uh, okay. <laughs> so not, <laughs> not a, a traditional... Never seen a bear like that. Not a traditional... Or an ogre. Bigfoot ogre pooh bear footprint. No. Um, now I'm concerned. Uh, let's see. Uh, after his death in 1980, a short clip of Super 8 film was discovered in Ford's possessions, capturing the monster hurrying away into the trees. Uh, do you want to see it? You want to see yeah. a little clip of that? Let me see what I can find. Okay. Here here we go. What? Here, here's a... I have the sound turned off. Well, this is his, like, granddaughter talking. But okay. okay. Well, watch over here, the left side of the screen here. Real quick. <gasps> so there's some... Oh my gosh! There's something walking there. I mean, it looks like a person. To me, it just looks like a. Looks guy. like a bigfoot. It just looks like a. Just That's looks like cool. a dude. To me, but yeah, uh, okay. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know why he didn't like publicize that before he died. Yeah, that's what I was wondering why but he I didn't do not. that. But okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, local lore tells. Of a circus train crash in the early 20th century, carrying many exotic animals and stuff. Oh, and somehow shoot. a tr- a troop of chimpanzees managed to escape into the woods, um, and adapted to life in the swamp. Oh my um, gosh! No, uh, really? That's what people are. That's what people say to explain huh. it. Oh, um, and okay. In, and in some versions of the legend, they interbred with alligators, giving birth to the big monster. So a a, a hideous half primate, half reptile. Beast. I don't think that's how that works. I don't think they can reproduce together. <laughs> no, they, they, that's not how that works, cannot. guys. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the uh, years after the footprints came out of Ford's, uh, hunters killed a a huge alligator in Honey Island Swamp with uh, with feet, like similar feet. Well, feet like that were identical, but even bigger. Than the ones that he um, uh, made yeah. casts of. Um, aside from the size, the gator's footprints matched the ones Ford found precisely. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, do I have anything else on it? Uh, investigators may never definite. Uh, oh well, no, that's that's not related. Um, yeah, he made he made casts, and they 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 just look like alligator footprints. Um, but you know, people still claim. All the time to have like seen, um, the uh, the big the big guy there. Hmm. You know, see him and he. Uh, the honey monster. The the honey island swamp monster. Okay. Um, like a. But honey island swamp monster. The honey island swamp monster. Okay. If you, so if you if you're ever in the honey island swamp, uh, looking at doing some bird watching, doing some whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and you see a big seven foot tall guy. Covered in fur and uh, weighing like <laughs> 350 or 400 pounds yeah. with alligator feet. That's what it is. 
All right. Just wanted Thanks to, for informing just wanted to us. help you guys out there. Yeah. Good idea. You're welcome. <clears throat> now I'm ready for my my close up. I'm ready for my close up. I'm doing close up faces. Anyway, <laughs> you can't see it is. You can't see this. Okay, um so are you ready for my story? Yeah, I'm ready. Oh. You What? Are you ready for my story? Yeah, I'm ready for okay. your story. Okay. All right, Harry. Have Lay you ever on. heard of the Green Mill Cocktail Cocktail Lounge in Chicago? I I have heard of it. Oh, you have. I've heard of uh, Yeah, I've That's heard of it. That's what I'm talking about today. Okay. It's I don't an remember. Interesting it's a, story. It has it is all. It, is it in like is it in Uptown? It's in okay, Uptown. That's what I thought. Yeah. So my sources are from largely from the chaibarproject.com and troytaylorbooks.blogpost.com. I also have something from like a Chicago Tribune article as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, Chicago Tribune article as well. Okay. All right. You want to hear yeah, my Yeah, tell story? me about it. Okay. Now over 100 years old, the Green Mill Cocktail Lounge is the crown jewel of Chicago's uptown neighborhood. Is it? Yep. Okay. Green Mill is a place for people to relax, enjoy martinis or schiltz. Is that how you say that? Uh, Schlitz. Schlitz. Yes. Schlitz. And listen to some of the best music around, from traditional jazz to swing orchestras. The Green Mill even hosts the longest-running poetry slam every Sunday night, inspired by the, how do you say this? Uh, Ru- Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge in Paris, or the Red Mill. This is called the Green Mill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, v- okay. The Green Moulin Mill... The Green Mill opened in 1907 as Pop Morse's Roadhouse and from the very beginning was a favorite hangout for show business people in Chicago. In those days, actors from the North Side's SNE Studios, I don't know, made the Roadhouse a second home. One of the most popular stars to frequent the place was Bronco Billy Anderson, the star of dozens of Western Silence. Uh, Anderson often rode his horse to Pop Morse's, and the proprietor pro- proprietor, even installed a hitching post that Anderson's horse shared with those of other stars like Wallace Beery and William S. Hart. <laughs> okay. Back cool. then, even screen greats like Charlie Chaplin stopped in sometimes for a drink. Oh, a real happening place. It is a happening place. Around 1910, the, how would you say this, Chamalace? Chamalace. Chamalay? Chamalay. The Chamalay brothers purchased the club from the original owners. They installed a huge green windmill on the roof and renamed the place the Green Mill Gardens. The choice of the name Green Mill was inspired by the infamous, by the infamous Moulin Rouge in Paris. Moulin mm-hmm. Rouge. French for red mill. <laughs> but green was chosen so that it would not be confused with any of the red light districts in Chicago. Uh-huh. The new owners added outdoor dancing and live entertainment in the enlarged sunken gardens and also added a Roomba room next door. 
A Roomba room. A Roomba room. A Roomba room. The Green Mill Gardens was more of a roadhouse that spanned an entire block than a cocktail lounge in those days. Tom Chamelet later went on to construct the Riviera Theater around the corner from the Green Mill. The Riviera, didn't the Riviera Theater just close? Did it just close? I don't know. Didn't it close? I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, I know it's closed. I don't know when it closed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Let's see. He and his brother leased the Green Mill to Henry Van Horn, and it soon began to attract the best and worst of the late-night denizens of Chicago. I always want to say Denzians. (laughs) Sounds more right to me than denizens. By the time that Prohibition arrived, the Green Mill had become known as the most jumping place in the north side. Jumping. Mm-hmm. Jazz fans flocked to the club to savor this new and evolving music musical art form, which had been born in the South but had been recreated in Chicago after World War I. Mm-hmm. The jazz crowd ignored the laws against alcohol and hid their bootleg whiskey away in hip flasks, which they eagerly slipped, sipped, at the Green Mill. <laughs> the club helped to launch the careers of singers who went on to become legends like Helen Morgan, Anita O'Day, and Billie Holiday. Did I say those names wrong? I've only heard of one of them. Yeah, I know. It also offered an endless procession of swinging jazz combos and vaudevillians who dropped in to jam or just to relax between sets at other lesser clubs. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the middle 1920s, Van Horn gave up his interest in the place, and the Shamala brothers leased the club to Al Capone's Southside Mob. I knew it. Uh huh. Capone himself, although staying, straying into the enemy's territory on the north side, mm-hmm. often enjoyed hanging out at the club, listening to the music, and drinking with friends. <laughs> Alfonsi Gabriel. Capone, sometimes known by the nickname Scarface. So this is, I'm telling you who Al Capone is, in case some of you don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, Al Capone was an American gangster and businessman. This is from Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. American gangster and businessman who attained notoriety during the Prohibition era as the co-founder and boss of the Chicago Outfit. His seven-year reign as a crime boss ended when he went to prison at the age of 33. I did not know he was that young when yeah, he went to prison. I didn't, I didn't either. I didn't, yeah. Uh, Al Capone was born in New York City in 1899 to Italian immigrant parents. He joined the Five Points gang as a teenager and became a bouncer in organized crime premises such as brothels. In his early 20s, he moved to Chicago and became a bodyguard and trusted factotum mm-hmm. for Johnny Torrio. I think that's how you say it. Head of a criminal syndicate that illegally supplied alcohol. The forerunner of the outfit. A conflict with the Northside gang was instrumental in Capone's rise and fall. Torrio went into retirement after Northside gunmen almost after a Northside gunman almost killed him, handing control to Capone. Okay, back to Green Mill. Just okay. wanted to give you that little background. Sure. We should just do an episode on him one day. Of course. An interesting man. The Green Mill is best known for serving as a gangster hangout and speakeasy during Prohibition. Mm-hmm. During this time, the Green Mill was leased by the Shamala brothers to the mob, including Jack Machine Gun 
McGurn, so they call him Machine Gun, but his name is Jack McGurn. Mm -hmm. And even then, that's not his real name. (laughs) Uh, Who held a quarter stake in the club. McGurn is suspected of being the primary gunman in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre that took place behind a garage on on Clark Street Uh next to the present-day Clark Bar, Uh though he was never charged. That's why they call him Machine Gun. Mm-hmm. James Vin- Vincenzo de Mora is his name, okay. or Jack McGurn. So now we're getting into his Him, background because he's inter- he, he's an interesting part okay. of this whole story. I don't know. He's just sure. an interesting character that was part owner of this yeah. Tell club me about in it. Chicago. Um, it was born in Chicago's Little Italy in 1904. He grew up as a clean-cut kid from the slums who excelled in school and was an excellent boxer. A fight promoter managed to get him into the ranks of professional fighters, and at the man's suggestion, James adopted the ring name of Jack McGurn. Mm-hmm. He seemed to have a great career ahead until his father, Angelo de Mora, a grocer with a store on Halstead Street, ran into trouble with the terrible Jenna Brothers? Jenna? Oh, sure. Jenna? Yeah. G-E-N-N-A? Jenna Brothers. And McGurn stepped over the line into the world of crime. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. McGurn never got back into the ring. He picked up a gun and eventually started working for Al Capone, after a little while, who regarded him as the most trustworthy gunman and the man to carry out the most dangerous and grisly assignments. Within a few years, Machine Gun, or Jack McGurn, was the most feared of Capone's killers. Uh, When not working for Capone, McGurn frequented Chicago's hottest jazz spots and managed to become part owner of several of them through intimidation and violence. (laughs) By the time he was 23, McGurn owned pieces of at least five nightclubs and managed a number of other lucrative properties. He also managed the Green Mill for Capone and was later given 25% of its ownership in exchange for his loyalty. (laughs) You know, these these days, you know, you see all those articles about like how I how I like bought a house at age like twenty two on a twenty five thousand dollar in a year income, and it's just that they're, they're they have rich parents and stuff. Yeah. Back in this day, it was through threats of violence and intimidation that people yeah. at a young age made their bones. Yeah, they actually earned yeah, their they shit. Yeah, they earned no. their shit. They didn't just get to be an inheritance. <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, let's see. This became his usual hangout, and he could often be found sipping liquor in one of the green plush upholstered booths. This story makes me really want to go to the Green Mill. Okay, yeah, we should go soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I started looking it up because it's on the list of Chicago's most haunted, like, places. And it's, like, one of the most haunted bars. Okay. So that's why I was looking into it. But then... This is fat. This is more fascinating to me because there's not much on the ghost stories. It's just haunted. There's ghosts. I'll talk about it at the end. There's like a blurb about it. Okay, Uh, let's see. Let's see. Uh, The Green Mill became a favorite for this most infamous of uh, for the most infamous of Chicago mobsters. Capone actually owned a speakeasy in the basement of a building across the street, but preferred the Green Mill because it was operating openly thanks to a payoff to the police and because because of his prohibition. Right, yeah. <laughs> and because of his favorite singer, Joe E. Lewis. Lewis was so good that he was paid an outlandish $650 per week by the Green Mill. Man, that's 
good money now. <laughs> I would take that. Yeah. 100%. Uh, when the new Rendezvous Club opened downtown and offered him $1,000 per week to Whoa. play there, Lewis took it against the orders of Jack McGurn. Uh-oh. Three days after he left, McGurn is also said to have ordered his henchmen to exact revenge on Lewis, who slashed his throat, cut off part of his tongue, and left him for dead in the dressing room. That's, yeah. Yeah. Lewis recovered from his injuries, okay. the singer, and, uh, and his injuries, and returned to perform as a comic at the Green Mill. He went back to the Green Mill? Yeah, after Jack McGurn was gunned down by rival mobsters almost seven years to the day from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. So okay. McGurn, who so like tried after. to kill him, actually did die. And then the Lewis guy came back as like a comedian. Yes. And honestly, that's a good <laughs> yeah, story. I really like that story. Yeah. How did he live? In like 1920-something, they slit his throat and like shot him. How did he survive? <laughs> That's crazy to me when, like, now I'm just like, yeah, I could see that. We have good, we have okay technology. But then, <laughs> what they do? Just hold his throat slit shut until it healed? They just had someone constantly in there just holding it shut? <laughs> they had stitches back then. Yeah, but like, anyway. I guess they didn't saying. do a good job slitting it. <laughs> yeah. The event, there's a longer story to this, but I was like, we don't need to hear all of that information. Okay. There's like That's it's a, a long story about got, how that all that I happened and I was it. like I think the summarized version is best. Yeah. The event is commemorated on a large wooden carving above the bar that cheekily described what happened and the story of Joe E Lewis became become <laughs> become the subject of The Joker is Wild 1957 starring another performer that knew something about the mafia. Frank Sinatra. In addition to Joe E. Lewis, one could hear such performers as Billie Holiday, Tommy Dorsey, Sophie Tucker, Al Jolson, Bix Meterbeck. I don't know. Did I say that wrong? I don't know. Oh, uh, Jack Teagerden uh, and Benny Goodman. <laughs> the combined notoriety of these and other characters made the Green Mill the subject and location for movies like The Untouchables. Thief, Prelude to a Kiss, Family Thing, Next of Kin, and the television series Crime Story. <laughs> cool. Wow. Both Al Capone and hitman machine gun Jack McGurn are remembered in photographs behind the bar. That's crazy that they owned this place and like frequently hung out there. That's why I want to go. I think that's cool. That is cool. I think mobsters are kind of cool. <laughs> what? Nothing. They're kind of cool. I kind of like the way they live, you know? <laughs> I think that today you... it's a lot less. Glamorous. Well, I like it back then. Okay. Not now. Yeah, Not now they're now. just like, like the sad 1920s old guys who... mobsters who are like, I'll do a favor for you if you do a favor for me and you just can't snitch. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you out if you help me out and we just don't snitch. Right. And we're loyal to each other. Right, yeah. And I mean, we smuggle drugs together and we pay off the police and we do illegal things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's just like a social club for yeah. like old Italian guys to gossip about yeah. each other. It's not cool. <laughs> but don't come after me, mob. You guys are awesome. I dare you to come after Stop. me. Stop. Yeah. Oh I can take God. them. Not me. <laughs> okay. 
Though these green mill personalities have passed on, the place has, uh, still has some of its speakeasy legend. Legacy. <laughs> speakeasy le legacy. The trapdoor is still there behind the bar, where a hydraulic elevator once brought up illicit liquor to booze thirsty patrons and led to a series of tunnels under the building that were used for trafficking booze, card games, and gambling. Mm -hmm. And to vacate the green mill on short order. And for hideouts for yeah. mob people. There's tunnels and a <laughs> door. That's cool. And it's still there. Cool. Um, the interesting mechanism is similar to one that you that used to be at John Barleycorn's, another Chicago another classic Chicago bar, gangster hangout, and former speakeasy. In those days, you had to wear a tuxedo or evening gown just to get in, and people smuggled in alcohol and hollowed out canes and hidden flasks. I like hollowed out canes. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Uh, following McGurn's reign of terror, the end of Prohibition, and Al Capone's imprisonment, the Green Mill was acquired by the Batsis Brothers in 1942, who owned it until sometime in the 1960s. Their legacy can be found in the Green Mill Green Mill's present day decor, following uh, decor decor, following its remodeling to accommodate uh, the wondrous invention known as air conditioning. During this stretch, the Green Mill continued to attract upscale patrons, including Frank Sinatra, when he wasn't at Twin Anchors in Old Town. Beginning with the start of the Depression, the uptown neighborhood began to gradually decline. The club was purchased in 1960 from Steve Brend, also known as the Mayor of Uptown, because of his open friendliness and first-hand knowledge of the gangster era. Brend moved to Chicago in 1935 and was hired by Jack McGurn himself. Between the 1960s and 1980s, the neighborhood gradually declined. During this dark period, a methadone, methadone clinic was opened next door, and the legendary jazz club deteriorated into a mere shadow of the successful restaurant, roadhouse, and cocktail lounge that it had been. <laughs> Fortunately, the Green Mill was purchased and rehabilitated in 1986 by current owner Dave Jamillo, who owned Deja Vu in Lincoln Park and really got into jazz following the advent of his Sunday night jazz jam sessions he hosted there. <laughs> okay. He really got into jazz. Yeah. Uh, Dave purchased the Green Mill from Steve Brand, and since then, the Green Mill has enjoyed a cultural rebirth by attracting some of the best jazz performers in the country, hosting Chicago's leading slam poets, and patrons old and young alike that appreciate the Green Mill's rich and vibrant history. They actually do get some really popular famous slam poets okay to come there and do stuff i it's on their website they have yeah they do have really cool people poets. they have like really big like jazz bands and like uh -huh. so they are they're they're a big deal they're a big deal in those communities you know uh -huh. um let's see uh a five inch tall a five-inch-tall, leather-bound scrapbook behind the bar contains much of this intriguing history and clippings from almost every major magazine and newspaper in the country. That's cool. Mm -hmm. As if the green, as if the green mill lacked intrigue, uh -huh. it may also be haunted. Yeah. According to a Red Eye article, bartender Laura Castro never believed this uptown club was haunted until 
working alone in the bar. She found a bottle cap, straw, and cocktail sword neatly arranged atop a stack of papers she had set down moments before. A psychic has also identified three resident ghosts, a woman who likes to sit on the piano, a former employee, and a flirtatious former regular who repeatedly makes a grand entrance through the front door, hoping someone will notice. Mm. So, uh, that's mainly it. And then the Chicago uh, the Chicago Tribune has an article about the underground tunnels, okay. basically. So I'm going to read like a little tunnels bit of that. Cool. In the floor behind the bar at the Green Mill Cocktail Lounge, a century-old jazz club in Uptown, lies a door. Beneath it, a musty labyrinth of gangster and uptown history. These musty concrete hallways and storage rooms are remnants of a tunnel system used to haul coal in the first part of the 20th century. So that's what it was originally. (laughs) The green mill end of the tunnel provides the nightclub with its storeroom and cellar. Side rooms, cubbyholes said to be the sites of gangster poker games, hold dust-caked bar stools. Quote, I don't know who asked... Never mind. Someone who visited there. It still feels haunted. Kind of go- kind of ghostly down there. Now it's not so creepy because of all the construction, new air conditioning units, new coolers. I just wish the tunnels would keep going so that I could see what it was like way back then. Way back when. <laughs> all right. Oh, this is kind of short. That's okay. That was the end of my story. I thought it was kind of fun. It was kind of fun. I don't know. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was kind of fun. I think it was a good story, Carly. Thank you. Thank you you for doing it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it to us. Thanks for listening. Um, Do we have anything else we want to do to pad the running time? Um, Uh, Okay. We're going to go to this green mill bar. Oh, they have a very funny website, actually. Let me read Tell me about the website. This funny website. Sorry, I (laughs) hit the mic. Let me read you the website. Talk. Okay. Um, It's time for a patented WRC update. Um, This weekend's uh, Rally d'Italia Sardegna uh, was was um, uh, was once again an exciting uh, out time for the World Rally Championship. Um, once again, on the second day of the rally, while holding a comfortable lead for the second rally in a row, Oit Tanak went out with a suspension failure, uh, this time because he hit a rock. Okay, what's going on? Okay, so I'm just going to go to their frequently asked question page, because that's what I read and realized there's some funny people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Frequently asked questions. What does it cost to get in? Answer. Cover charges vary depending on the act. Check out the calendar for specifics. Don't worry, it gets funny. (laughs) Okay. How can I make a reservation? Answer. We don't take reservations. Period. Seating is first come, first serve. (laughs) Okay. Hang on. It gets better. (laughs) Telling you, it's funny. Maybe it's not. I don't know. How can I buy tickets? Answer. Don't read them. Sorry. We don't sell tickets. If you want to buy tickets, we'd be happy to take your money, but we'd be selling you tickets for nothing. That's funny. That is okay, yes. Question. I'm not 21. Can I still go to the Green Mill? Answer. Chicago law says you must be 21 plus to get into a tavern. We want to keep your 
We want to keep our license, so the age limit is strictly enforced. You must show proper ID to enter. Okay. The hours, that's not funny. (laughs) Well, in case you want to know, currently they are open seven days a week, 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Okay. You want to go. Do you take credit cards? No. We take cash only. We do have ATM on site. <laughs> this is not as funny as I remember it being. Okay, hang on. No, it gets better. In I'm telling you. In a very dry sort of way, it is. It is. No way. Okay. Um, do you have parking available? No. Period. We do not have a parking lot. We wish we had a parking lot. Period. But we don't. Period. That's funny. That is funny. Do you serve food? We do not serve food, but there are many good restaurants within walking distance, including Mexican, Ethiopian, Chinese, and American. What is the dress code? We don't have a dress code. Come in jeans or dress to the nines. Oh, no, this one was my favorite. Question. Can I get a tour of the tunnels? Answer. No. (laughs) Period. Just no. (laughs) I think that's what made me laugh. The parking lot comment. Mm -hmm. We wish we had a parking lot, but we don't. And then also, can I get a tour of the tunnels? No. <laughs> Let me just read you their homepage. Okay. As well. What else is there? I'm just doing some nice advertisement as advertising for them. Yeah. We're back. And boy, it feels good to be back. The Green Mill is open seven days a week from 4 p.m. to 1 a.m. Weather permitting, our patio will be open from 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. And of course, we feature live music seven nights a week inside the club. Fun stuff you should know. We take cash only. Bands play from 8 p.m. to midnight. Some nights there will be dancing. And yes, we serve, what is this word? Malort. And yes, we serve malort. Other stuff that's not so fun you should know. We don't take reservations. We still have to follow all COVID guidelines. This This means you must wear a mask to enter the club. We do not have a parking lot. We wish we did, but we don't. That about covers all the important stuff, so stop by and come in to say hi, have a drink, listen to some music, and repeat. Often. All right. They just sound like fun people, okay? <laughs> it does. That's all. You're right. If you want to go see... Oh, we'll be gone this weekend. Yeah. But this week, they have playing uh, tonight, Joel Patterson and Friends. Tuesday, Chicago Cellar Boys. Wednesday, Alfonso Ponticelli. Okay. Ponticelli, Ponticelli. Thursday, Andy Brown. And then Recession 7. Okay. Friday, Chris Foreman. And then Frank Catal- Catalano Quartet featuring drummer Mike Clark. Okay. And then Saturday, they have Frank Catalano Quartet featuring drummer Mike Clark. <laughs> okay. Well, in case. Wow. You what a full to know. lineup. <laughs> yeah. Great. Some great acts in there. I'm I've sure. never been there, but uh, I'm sure it's great. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> okay, cool. That padded some time. Yeah, we're at, we're past 45 minutes. Okay, it's getting hot in here, so okay, I'm gonna need to turn cool. the air conditioner on. <laughs> all right. So uh, all right. it's hot outside. Yeah, inside, inside. Yeah. All right, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been known unknowns. I was just kidding about wanting the mafia to come after me. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.